Here we go, here we go, here we go. Hello everybody, it's Wow Ergonomics. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Before we came on, we were talking mm. about football and you've we got flags uh, in Replica the background kits. there, Stephen. You've got, yeah, kits. What What's going on? It's in honour of our, in honour of today's guest. So if you... Uh... That's his team, and we thought we'd just make him feel nice and home if we put some of his regular uh, uh, supporters gear around us. So, uh, and I also, even to make him feel super welcome, have that got the mug well. of his favourite football team as well, which happens to be my favourite football team. Pure coincidence, but you know that's uh, that's one so of those for, things. So, for anyone watching, and hello everybody, by the way, this hello is our ergonomics. It's twelve o'clock, and all of that jazz. Uh, for anyone watching who doesn't really follow football, what football team is that? The mighty Sunderland. The mighty, the mighty, mighty Sunderland. Well, I'm going to tell you something about Sunderland uh, football team in a minute. But first of all, let's remove this and bring on our special guest, Ross Nichols. There we go. Afternoon, Hello. everyone. How we doing? Hello. Hello. Yeah. Why I? Fine, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Well, Sunderland football team, I, I have to tell you this, I... I used to live right underneath Sunderland Stadium when it was at Moka Park, literally underneath the stadium. Yeah, because um, of course that was your that was your uni, wasn't it? Where you that did was my uni. Media was it media you did? I I, I did communication studies, which is a a kind of mixture of media, language, sociology, psychology all of those things. Effectively, it's about how we communicate with each other, which is very useful now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't wasn't necessarily useful for many years no of course it was um they did have they did have the uh when i arrived at the university it's an old story that i've told before i went in the, the the toilets in the library and in the gents toilets in the library there was a toilet roll there and it above it someone had scribbled communication studies degrees free please take one anyway um that's <laughs> what people thought of <laughs> our degree <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I lived under I lived under Roker Stadium, and it was it was great. Apart from because obviously I've got a little bit of a twinge of an accent that almost sounds Londony. Um, mm. Apart from when they played Millwall, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then I had to be really careful when I was passing, so I was trying to put on my best Macam accent. Mm. As I go around one part of the stadium, and then I, <laughs> and then I go, oh, yeah, that look man there. <laughs> <laughs> all, you, right, all you wanted to do was get some milk from Sainsbury's. And that's yeah. it. That's all I was doing. Yeah, running going the gauntlet. The so, so what? What are Sunderland doing then? Um, well, looking upwards towards the Premier League, the season after next. That's the optimistic view. We're looking for a, a successful twenty three twenty four. And then maybe get back to the Premier League. What do you think, Ross? Uh, no, absolutely, I agree. Uh, hopefully, allow me to grow some hair back for starters. Yeah, uh, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but yeah, as Steve said, you know, looking onwards and upwards. Hopefully, we've had a few years down the low, in the lower leagues. But fingers crossed. Got promoted two year ago. Um, missed out on promotion through the playoffs uh, last year. So yeah, let's see if we can improve the team and and keep pushing on. Mm. That is what, the aim. What what are ergonomics like in in the Premier League or in the football leagues? What what what's you know how does how does ergonomics come into play with that? Anyone? Good good question. I, 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 I mean, mean they've, got, yeah. they've got plenty of money to spend on it. Whether they actually spend <laughs> it's another thing, isn't it? So, but, yeah. but surely, okay, let's break it down because they might actually it must have quite a lot of involvement because for a start, and we witnessed this uh, not. Uh, going to see Sunderland, but we witnessed this at the weekend when we went to see Harry Styles at Wembley Stadium, right? You've got to get all of these people coming from all over the place into a stadium. And yeah. then afterwards, you've got to get all of those people, and I'd have to say, I think a lot of stadiums, this is where you struggle, or a lot of infrastructure, this is where you struggle. You've then got to get all of those people back out of that stadium yeah. and home again. Which is... That's which, all economics. Sorry, yeah, which is probably a harder task than getting everybody into the stadium because people normally 
you know, drift, drifting. Yeah, the 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 renter in at different stages, aren't they? And I know, you know, you'll see some people hold back after an event, but normally, it's uh, it's like a herd of cattle, isn't it? Everyone's trying to get out, and everyone's boxed in, and. And, and things like that. So yeah, and and then don't forget though, Graham, we've got the, the the enter and the exit. What about during the event, the circulation of traffic to toilets and to mm. to kiosks and things like that? So there something I've, I've not massively thought of, but there we go. Barry, who's who was on a few weeks ago, uh, is entering the fray here. The seating in stadiums is awful. It's true. It mm. is. It yeah. is. And the queuing bring, from the bar isn't optimum. Bring <laughs> Important back, things. <laughs> bring back safe standing. Mm. Yeah. Perhaps they should have a, I don't know, perhaps they should have, here's technology idea for improving the ergonomics at the bar in stadiums. Perhaps they should have like a, a an app system. Yeah. Where that, you go. That's yeah. introduced somewhere, I think. I don't know whether that's abroad, but I th- it's, it's an app system where... Obviously, you prepay for your paint, you get your paint glass, and then you can go and refill that. See, or what the American stadiums do is 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 the old Muhammad in the mountain analogy: is you don't go to the bar, the beer comes to you. So they yes. often walk around, don't they, and actually sort of yeah. you know you, you yeah. stay where you are, and they yeah. actually bring it to you. So it'd be interesting to see. I mean, if you think just from a revenue perspective and cash, you know, how much to 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 stadium, whether it's a sporting event whether it's a concert, whatever, how much do they miss out on? Because people see the queue and turn around and go and sit back down, you know, tying in with what Barry said, you know, you almost think if there's only, if they, if they can't get any more sort of people, you know, to the barn, how do you get people through quicker? So do you have to take the drinks to them, but how much revenue, what's the, what's the lost revenue from, from the fact that people just get fed up of queuing and just think, forget it. I won't bother with a beer yeah. or whatever. I'll just go and yeah. sit back down again. Yeah, absolutely. It, it must, it must, it must be big numbers that they're missing out on. Mm. I mean, just as a not not that not that I was a, a huge contributing factor, but as you know, I had a season ticket selling for years, and probably for ten year out of those seventeen year that I did have a season ticket, I didn't bother going to the bar for those exact reasons. Where mm. you you stand in queue for for long periods of time. Um, had that been more accessible, you know. The, the point is here, and the reason I bring it up, because, you know, we have to bring it up, the, the programme's called Wow Ergonomics, is actually people, when they think of ergonomics, they immediately narrow down to yeah. where I work, desk, chair, stuff in front of me. But the, the field of ergonomics, and let's talk a little bit about that for a minute, the field of ergonomics is far, far broader than that ergonomists get involved in anything that's related to how people in, interact with an environment you know and that that could be how do we get in and out of a stadium hmm. are we are we you know when we fit on a train do we all sit there going oh this is blinking uncomfortable or you know do we have the right space to to get in and out do do we have access for buggies and wheelchairs and all of that Uh, or you know it can even be like the efficiency of a of a hospital bed you know can can i I know one agonomist that was involved in the covid period at the beginning of um when they set up nightingale Mm. with the design of the bed in in that nightingale hospital so it was optimized for treatment of covid in terms of breathing etc yeah. well i was just gonna i was just gonna touch on there when you were when you were speaking there graham the, the first thing that came into my mind when you were saying you know we, we do think about where we work how we integrate at work but covid again you'll have probably heard us say this in the past covid was a little bit of a, a forced trial across the country for new work and practices to be put in place let's step back and look at a different way of working you look at the, the point being you know, going to Sainsbury's, you had the um, you had like the frontline workers. They had a they had a priority time to to go into the shops. I think you're all older people with their higher risk sort of uh, immunity, etc. They had they had their period of time. 
Then you had Joe Public who could go in. There was that queuing system. And I guess, you know, without without diving into it too far, you, you know, it was, dare I say, it was great. Not I, I hope I get old one day, but you didn't have older people struggling to try and reach and almost slowing the younger generation down, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, totally, totally agree. I saw a really interesting news, um, BBC News piece last night, because we all know what's happening this weekend, don't we? Everyone know what's happening this weekend? That big thing. Got to be Glastonbury. Got to be Glastonbury. Glastonbury Festival. Sorry? Me dad's 70th. Your dad's 70th. That, that, was, that was my second guess. Uh, that, that, that's where we were all going with that. <laughs> Who's, what's your dad's name, Ross? He's called Peter. Peter, happy 70th. Uh, I hope you enjoy Glastonbury. <laughs> Is he having his party at Glastonbury? Oh, oh, that was, I mean, that absolutely. would be what he should have done. Yeah. <laughs> no, if you've seen my dad and put him next to Glastonbury, no. But it was really quite interesting this um the, this piece because what it was what it was centering on was the increased accessibility that Glastonbury have been working on over the last 10 or so years actually and uh how they were trying to accommodate and pave the way for other festivals in terms of this accessibility. And they were talking about, they had a, a group on there that uh, I think they've called Deaf Aware, et cetera, that go there every year and provide signing services, et cetera, for, for different parts of the festival where different things are happening so that people could hear. And they said, for the, I think it was for the first time this year, they also had a couple of areas which were centering around sort of visual impairment as well. And then, you know, increased access for people in wheelchairs to different areas and thinking about all of this different thing. I thought, this is marvellous stuff. This is all really marvellous stuff. And it, it is, again, it all comes into the, the same kind of field that we're interested in. Is you know, are we making everything in society so that actually people can access it properly and access it without having to, to go along and change the experience for them? Because ultimately, if you if you go to anything, a football match, an office, a field full of mud with stinky toilets, um, to, to, to watch bands, if, any of those different experiences, if if you're excluded within that experience, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Graham, tying this, but I'm going to tie it a little bit back to some of the sort of the specific ergonomics that we'll touch on with Ross in a bit. But you know, around legislation and guidance and things that I know that's something we've talked about numerous times around DSE. But park that. What what sort of what sort of guidance and regulations are in place, whether it's government or, or sort of self-governed around? Glastonbury and other festivals around that accessibility piece. What 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 sort of what sort of rules are they sort of playing to? Who sort of governs that, and or is it is it self governed? Well, um, unfortunately, not enough. Okay. <laughs> in in the same way as we we probably all argue, there's probably not enough in terms of offices in mm. in terms of actually strict law. Um, however, there there are there are some guidance in terms of what you should do ultimately though we see it on a day we actually see it on a day-to-day -day basis people moaning or complaining about their experience at these different events or festivals or, or or whatever and that actually tells us that you know it's what's actually going to guide this in the end is social media and people making a fuss about it yeah. And, and ultimately it's the the connectivity of who you're who you're actually excluding um and i know we've had jody on before now and she talks quite yeah. a lot about this uh, jody greer but she always argue that if you exclude one person from your experience whether you know whether it be uh, a person in a wheelchair or somebody with a, a you know a visual impairment or a cognitive impairment or you know neurodiversity or whatever if you exclude one person you're not just excluding that one person you're excluding all of the people that they know and that they talk about it and probably you're excluding their family who they would have gone with 
Mm. Yeah. And their friends who they will tell about this and say, this isn't a great experience. You, you, it's amplified beyond that. Um, but that's unfortunately, I think, still where we are with a lot of this at the moment. There's, it's not, you know, but it's difficult because I think part of the reason why maybe it's not clamped down on sufficiently is because there's a cost to this. And, yeah. and ultimately, I suppose people want to see things starting off at a grassroots level and then making their way up. And it might be that the likes of Glastonbury have got the coffers to, mm. you know, make sure all of this stuff is in place, do all of the smaller things that are going on, have the same opportunity. Um, so, but ultimately, you know, maybe, maybe it's about them using that as a USP as well. And actually saying, well, yeah, but we're doing it over here, mm. um, and actually we're, we're we're building this into our ethos, and we're building this into what this is part of. So, I, I think I think there's a lot to learn in all of that. Absolutely, and I think I think it's about promoting what uh, what you what you're aiming to do, or that always rather than trying to always be reactive. You know when. When there's been an event and, and something happened, that's when it hits, you know, your social media lines, the the mainstream news, etc. I just just cast them back to where, uh, kind of like that Wembley incident with the uh, was it the Euros final? Yeah, where they actually had the staff in place to, you know, again, let's look at you know the ergonomics of of getting people in, but then wasn't one of the staff found to have taken a few lanyards so that they could get other people? Yeah. So, so even when we've got things working in place, you've still got then that human factor mm. of of is everybody going to abide by the rules that we're putting in place to make this to make this work? And that, yeah, that that's that's fairly relevant. Which is that actually, the bigger something gets, and the more people that are involved in it, you've to try and disseminate out that yeah. ethos and that training and that. You know that quality becomes more and more difficult. How the how are you seeing this at office sort of level in terms of the the, the work you're doing? I mean, it, to some extent, we're now, and we've talked about it a lot on this show over the over the last six months or so, in particular since since people have been back to yeah uh, offices, etc. But we're still in in a in a period now where people are hybrid, yeah, working. Yeah. You know how are people how are people coping with that, or how are organisations coping with that? Do you know? I, I was th I've been thinking about this this morning because I, I kind of preempted this sort of question would come my <laughs> way. And you know, sometimes when when I've listened to the likes of Wow Ergonomics uh, in in the past, or even being on them in the past with you guys, you try you want to try and come off the fence and and give yeah. a definitive answer, but. You know, the more you listen and the, you know, and you start analysing points rather than going straight in for the kill, is is sometimes it's really hard to come away from sitting on the fence. So, sorry for anybody who's thought, right, I'm going to dive in and I'm going to find this answer out because I'm I'm potentially going to sit on the fence, but try and open up a, you know, cover what you were just discussing there, Graham, in terms of yes. For some companies, they've transitioned straight into the hybrid work and they've got some definitive rules, you know, like what we were saying um, in, in terms of what's expected from that home home office and what, what the organization's responsibility is for the home office. Um, and, and from a personal point of view, I still have some organizations that were, were requested to go in, but only looking at if particular element of that so going to using your glastonbury and I'm, I'm not massively into my music so but the, the glastonbury side of things the bigger this gets is there the more moving parts oh he's frozen there for a minute oh no let it go let it go i'm sorry folks ross has frozen uh, hence yeah. the hence the uh the, the musical reference point yes. hopefully yeah oh, I'm if back. i click oh, my fingers back. like that you're it back. works sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know where we got to but just look, looking at the 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 glassbury side of things the more move the bigger we get the more moving parts again 
looking into the office, sometimes we're asked to look at one particular part, as in go and look at the chair. We internally will look at the rest of the workstation. And sometimes that's really hard to work with where, you know, we're still missing that big point where they think they're going, let's get the specialist in to look at the main part. Hmm. But we've got to come away from the chair is not always just the main part. No. You know, you've, you've got a, that holistic approach again. So we've got, you know, it's like the three of us maybe going, we're going to build this wall. Well, one's just mixing, one's putting a little... Yes, there's teamwork. That was maybe a, a bad analogy to go, well, hold on, you, you'll have somebody mixing. Um, but try and bring that into, make somebody responsible for that end user's whole well-being, mm. if that makes sense, not just parts of, or we will, you know, uh, organisations said, we'll give them a £350 budget, for example, to sort out their home workstation. It's potentially doable, but but we'll give somebody a budget, and 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 again, you know, you said before about uh, about the the law side of things and putting the structure in where it's like this has to happen. We've essentially just gone, okay, Mary Bob, you've got a bad back. You're working from home. There's our budget from a company point of view. Go and sort yourself out straight onto Google, Amazon, IKEA, and I use the analogy quite a bit. You know, um, we could blank our screens out here and be part of a forum and um, and I could be recommending the best chair that I've sat on. And you only know me as user 157 from this bad back forum, for example. And then you think, oh, well, this guy talks a lot of sense. Hopefully you do. This guy talks a lot of sense. I best go and buy one of these chairs. But, mm. you know, when we see each other in, in real life, I'm six foot four and about 18 stone. Steve, you're not. Graham, you're not. Do you know what I mean? So why are you going to be? We don't go to the shops and buy the same size shirt. So I have a feeling I'm starting to waffle and come away from the original point with how it transpires back into the workplace. But a lot of good work done, but still a lot of work needed. To be fair, Ross, we had Guy Osman on two weeks ago, and he never answers any of the questions we we, we asked him. So that's absolutely fine. You waffle, and he did admit that as well afterwards. To me, to be fair, so but yeah, he's he's building up to a perfect career in politics as well. Yeah, it was it was really interesting what you said. You said there, and, and ultimately there has to be budgets in place. People understand that there has to be a level of commerciality put around anything. But but is that and, and with your experience of what you're, you know, with your at the coal face, as it were, Ross, in terms of assessments, it, it, as soon as there's a number put on it, that starts to cause problems, doesn't it? Because the, then it's forcing you potentially to make decisions between, well, I can address issue A that I've identified, but B and C are going to have to wait because the money doesn't stretch that far. Absolutely, yeah. And you know, um, the, I think there's a fine line between trying to um, recommend potentially or advise on something that that works against something that's just hitting a pure budget point of view. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I know we've talked about this in the past, Steve, with the likes of your, you know, your mice and your document slopes, etc. To a point of nods where people get it yeah that sounds i totally get what you're getting at this this really is going to help until the cost is discussed yeah. and then that sort of head movement starts turning into a <laughs> right is there any and before we know we've gone yeah. back to a static a4 perspex document slope for example and again for the chairs we've slowly you you, you I, th I think when you're doing ergonomics and you're looking at ergonomics from a from a forward-thinking perspective, I think there's got to be a line before you fall away and go. Actually, what we're doing is just just becoming a general office furniture supplier, and that's not that's not what we want to be. That's not saying general office furniture doesn't work. Absolutely, you know, we can talk about the the 95th percentile, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But when there's identifying that need, you look mm -hmm. at, for example, you go to, uh, if you're looking at blue chip companies in Sweden, you almost have to uh, speak to health and safety to, to explain why you want that small piece of plastic as a standard mouse to us, because they're already using adjustability, reduced, I think that they're doing their sort of reduced working days. So that statistically they've proved over an eight hour working day there's generally two hours that we aren't working at our maximum capacity. 
So what, why be why be in the office when we're starting to look at what we're having for you know what's the price of the Glastonbury tickets? Is there any free for this weekend? But actually, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Scandinavian mm-hmm. mentality is go and be walking your dog, spend it with your family, because I want you tomorrow nine o'clock when you when you're ready to go. Mm. Is the legislation piece? Because we come keep coming back and talking about it, but actually, is that a red herring? Is it the wrong way to go? Because ultimately, is that not, and I dare say it, a, a kind of very American model? And, yeah. and and ultimately, is it not more of a case of changing culture and changing and, and changing understanding of how, how the you know how the egg gets fried, if you like? Because I mean, I did that that piece that I think you saw on LinkedIn during the week. Uh, with Freddie Gilmore and Nicola Pisa we've had on the show before yeah. where we were talking about hybrid um, and Freddie said well you know but hybrid's not new this is this is this is not something yeah. that's just suddenly happened this is this has been here for ever really um, and there's some there's some more quotes coming out from that later in the day but there were some interesting parts of that conversation and one of the main things uh, that came out of it was that companies are not talking in all of this to their main stakeholders they're not talking to their people yeah and they're not even they're not even talking to their clients they're not actually going out there and saying what is it that what is it that you want what is it that you need how can we remove barriers to doing business yeah how can we remove barriers to to people doing this comfortably or in a way that makes them happy or whatever so that actually we know what we need so we know what we need to put into place would you yeah. would you agree with that absolutely absolutely and i think it's somewhere across the board as well um that i think we're faced with organizations potentially being understaffed um and and they've got they've got their pressures or the person who's responsible for that organization that the well-being is not necessarily or fear with that full or fear with that full role so the decision making is not made from the correct decision makers mm-hmm. uh you know from an ergonomic point of view when we're looking at chairs uh we'll, we'll often go right we'll, we'll we'll have a chat with procurement procurement aren't looking at various level chairs they're looking at volume in reduced cost so mm. we've got a three lever chair and we can have that for 170 pound why would we possibly want to buy something two three four times but to try and explain to them about the different mechanisms the benefits the movement back to a pound note so mm. yes uh you know hybrid working's not new i mean an example I can give hopefully that that summarizes my point was um during the pandemic the question ross have, have you ever done uh work homework or assessments it's like of course we'll have this you know borrowed absolutely it's will i see you in the office or will i see you in the at home you take that holistic approach the environment's different there's a few other little trips i.e people working from dining room tables which are traditionally higher and then again so it goes back to where maybe health and safety advised them during the pandemic let well go and get your chair that chair was assessed for you it was set up by this professional this wonder kid called ross nichols and that is not maybe being big-headed i'm not i'm just another guy with two arms and two legs to say yes we set you up but based around your environment in the office i.e a desk predominantly between 71 and 73 centimeters tall You've now took that home and worked at a dining table. Get the tape measure out quickly. It, it, and they can't work. That sounds patronising. I was going to say they can't work it out. It's about understanding, you know, and talking to that, and the, talking to maybe the health and safety. Say yes, in the office, they, ne- they might not have needed a footrest, but they're now at a higher working uh, environment at home. A footrest is required. It's that education factor around it to mm. say. We've got the same individual, but environments change, so sometimes the need changes. So ultimately, it does. It, 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 for me, it's as simple as it comes down to removing barriers to work. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, 
if a if an organization has invested in talent so that that and that bringing that talent together as talented teams it's it's about allowing that talent to do what is that they do really really well and it I, I brought it up in that conversation the other day and i'll bring it up again now it it amazes me that on the one hand do you remember like probably about 10 years ago now we started seeing a change in sort of like management philosophy and idea and whatever and we started talking about scrum masters and agile working and you know teams that where you know uh people people were specifically put into a team structure to remove barriers to remove the obstacles to allow that you know to allow efficiency and remove pain points yeah and yet we don't they they have that within their organizations how many organizations have got that as a philosophy out there and yet they don't see it when it comes to all of this other stuff they they then see this or push this over to like it's either office furniture or it, and it's just office furniture or it's health and safety yeah. over there they don't understand it in terms of this is part of the same thing do you, think they don't, do you think they don't understand it or don't want to understand it because it actually looks a bit complicated and looks a bit oh it could go across a few different departments so we'll just push it and it's either it's either a or it's b and we don't want to think about c yeah i guess that's a million dollar question isn't it that's the million and well that's a million dollar question that I, I can't answer I just sat here because it's I, I guess the person who's maybe responsible thinks that they have that knowledge but you can see you can see with what they maybe ask you or the way they're trying to 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 fulfill that health and safety vis, uh, vision you can see the pitfalls but is that because we're experienced from the other side mm. That's for, well, focusing on that angle all the time. Well, I suppose the thing that will answer that question fairly quickly will be when you're talking to an organization, mm-hmm. are they open to a discussion about actually this isn't just an assessment piece? You are not just bringing us in to assess your staff and yeah. say this these are our recommendations for all of these different staff but it's actually an educational ongoing educational piece yeah. and actually what we really would love to do is come along and have a dialogue with you about how we help your organization understand this stuff and and take you on that journey and then offer you ongoing support with that so that your yeah. people can make some of these own choices themselves because actually i still think that part of the problem in a way is the fact we're still doing assessments still you know which controversial but (laughs) in a way part of the problem is that really people should be able to self-serve a little bit more but they can't because they almost feel like it's like i carry on to do this I wait, I identify, I've now got a problem, I've got the bad back, I've got this or whatever. Now I'm going to bring someone in to put yeah. a plaster on it and fix it, as opposed to I could look at this and go, actually, I have an understanding of why this is going wrong. Yeah. 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 Again, it's trying to get into that uh, preventative. Absolutely. I mean, I spend the best part of my working days trying to talk about preventative methods. Um, but you know, I would, I would. In my experience, there's a large, there's a large proportion that's still that reactiveness. Who's that nodding dog? But you know, when we say we can come in, we can talk. There's the element of that organisation creating time, maybe taking a team offline for a period of time to get that education. Um, and if if I go off piece, yeah, reminders about the standard DSE tick sheet as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Making note of that, Graham. <laughs> is is trying to get um i've already gone off piste yeah uh, <laughs> so so trying to get people to think about about a, a little bit about it themselves but organizations still 
only really integrate from that reactive side of things. The damage has the damage has been done. On occasions where I have managed to go in and and speak from a kind of a preventative method, where you know health and safety is maybe said, can we sit in and, and listen to you and they go valuable information? Why don't we tell this to everybody? And you go, what a great idea that would be. You then get, you know, for example, let's just call the sales team. Because we're not, I don't think in Britain we've got that trained mind of how big ergonomics plays on our well-being. Quite often you can be presenting and, you know, you'll have the chatter boxes and the laughing at chairs. A chair isn't it? And I always use a silly little analogy. A chair is a chair until you need a chair. Yeah. Um and, and and again, you know, me, me little reminder to myself here, the DSA tick sheet will work off tick sheets. So like you were saying, Graham, we do, we work, 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 work. Something doesn't, you know, something's not right. We've identified it on that tick sheet. Then, then somebody will have a look at it. I think it's going to take a big, a big change for, for organizations to fall into that preventative method. There was a little bit starting to happen during the COVID where, you know, let, let's get people working from home. We're not rigged up working from home, so we're going to have to now implement that. There was a little bit of forward thinking that way, but then suddenly we start falling back into our creatures of, creatures of habit, dare I say. So in the tick sheet, sorry, is uh, I understand when, it, you know, if you've got three, five plus thousand staff, etc., it doesn't even need to be that many. And, you you know, trying to, trying to get an answer from everybody from a DSA point of view. However, Sometimes the questions can be closed questions, and I've often been uh, consulted following a DSE assessment where there's maybe neck and shoulder pain, and the tick box, when you know, we'll send you the DSE form that completed. Can you adjust the arms on your chair? The the tick box is yes or no. Well, yes, we can, but do we know where to adjust yeah. them to? So, I had an individual who had 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 neck surgery, and they had the arms up like so the tick box said yeah we can adjust them so that wasn't necessarily the flag the flag yeah. was and he's still having problems here ross can you go and sort it out and yeah. we said how about let's look at the height of the desk let's look at the shoulder position and he went whoa that instantly feels a little bit better mm. why, why we're still you know why we're still there do, do we need a do we need a standard do we need a do we need a British standard or a, uh, an ISO or a standard out there that says this is the this is should be? I mean, I, d- I don't think it's I don't think it's the you know necessarily the whole answer. But do we need a standard around workplace adjustments within an organisation or their or their understanding of various things that will fall into this category? Right? Because yeah, because we have we've already started to see it and we already have it around things like sustainability environmental measures or whatever if 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 and then that starts to affect someone's business so taking it back to that conversation that i was having about um the stakeholder of the customer if the client was to say we we will only deal with you because you've got this you know we 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 as a company have decided we are yeah. only dealing with someone that yeah and that's what we're seeing on the sustainability side mm-hmm. a company that is meeting these criteria or a manufacturer that's only meeting this criteria in terms of this standard we had something like that mm-hmm. for the, the rest of this then maybe we'd start to see people go oh yeah i'm going to take this up a bit now because mm-hmm. and and work through that educational piece because it's going to affect my bottom line. It's going to actually affect who's actually coming in. And of course, does it preclude people from tenders? Does it preclude people from getting involved in auctions and bids and all that sort of stuff if they don't they don't have it? I mean, I think it's a really interesting point. I mean, one thing I was going to say to Ross, which is again slightly going off piece, but you mentioned about preventative. Is the one single? I mean, we've had this conversation numerous times, Graham, and we've had it as well, Ross. Is the one single reason why there's a reluctance for people to to be preventative? Is it as simple as pound notes, in your opinion, or, or is it is it is that just one of two or three main yeah. reasons why there's a reluctance to prevent the issues before the issues become issues? Yeah, I, I, I think a pound note certainly has something some some influence on it, absolutely. But but again, from a 
why not that education of, around you know dedicating some time so using it you know when you uh, that trying to answer your question uh i hear people saying since I, since this since i've started this role this is when i've started developing back pain before i used to work as a, i don't know what and they were incorporating some movement into the day mm. now i'm sitting and i'm sitting for eight hours a day without okay they'll, they'll, everything has a everything has a cost associated to it but what i mean is you know as part of the induction um, i mean correct me tell me if you're wrong but but as part of an induction, as much as here's your laptop, this is where you're going to be sitting working. When you need to nip to the loo, you should put code 1754 into the toilet. There should also yeah. be, this is how we should be working. This, you know, you put some ownership onto that person, but mm. drilling it from the start so it becomes the norm. And I guess that maybe leads to when I'm out there assessing and I pull out a tape measure, it might kind of get people to go, all right, that's an assessment getting done rather than, what's he doing? What's he doing? What's he doing? Is he, is he measuring you for a box? Yeah. Oh my goodness. How many times, I've got to ask you this. How many times have you been asked if you're measuring someone up for a coffin? Ah, uh, absolutely. Or a suit. Yeah. No, suit. It's, normally yeah a co- it's normally a coffin. It's Aye. Yeah. Aye. Pete, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, the amount of times I've been asked, oh, when are they dying then? Aye. Aye, <laughs> absolutely. Well, my missus is digging a six-foot pond out the back. Well, so she thinks. <laughs> it's, I, honestly, it's true. But yeah, but it, but it, but it course, because it looks like strange behaviour. I mean, if if no one's ever seen it before, you know, someone coming in with a tape measure and not just like yeah. you know standing someone up and going from head to foot, but like crawling on their knees normally to absolutely, to, you know, to 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 measure. Uh, people who are at a sitting yeah. position or a workstation or working that. heights, absolutely screen heights, eye heights, you name it. The tape measure gets run over it. Um, yeah. and, and, and that's so I don't know to, to answer the question. Pound notes, pound, pound notes plays into it, but why can we not introduce that as a, as a forward thinking methodology? Dare we say, upon, upon starting, you know, even if <laughs> being be, probably being a little bit silly. Let's start off it from like you know January twenty twenty four. Anybody who starts in a in a office role and, and, and try and get it yeah. accumulative, if you know what I mean. Now, I, I, Graham, we, we, Graham's mentioned there are, I, with with a bit of prompting from me a few times about his McDonald's story about the assessment and the person who was eating McDonald's every day. Um, without obviously the, the things you can and can't say. Any any particular funny stories, Ross, around assessing or anything that's really sort of tickled you as it were when you've done an assessment and you know just, uh, just interesting things yeah uh a call out uh a call out to say the footrest was absolutely no use that was delivered um so obviously when i was expecting to think oh the other working at a at, at a high bench you know um where a standard footrest hasn't hasn't worked at all uh only two, and I, I can uh, I can use your organisation. Yeah, only to find that they were using a flex desk as a footrest, and oh, it was and it was slipping all over. Yeah, I did have I did have the office laughing when I said, you know, your footrest there. I said I can I can see where the problem is because you know everybody's too serious. I, I like to come. Mm. I would like to think I was professional, and I really do care about the end user. But you've got to do something with a little bit of bit of smile on my face and a little bit of laughter i said that footrest i said it must be it must be a nightmare for you I said absolutely i said can i show you what your footrest's really designed for well when i popped it onto the desk and put the document uh, the, <laughs> the note onto the, the office were roaring i yeah. said we'll we'll help you out with a footrest that might work for you so but that highlights a serious problem though doesn't it it it, it, it highlights what you said before about education yeah and, and yeah, understanding I, and understanding what what things are for and what they're going to yeah. do you know, yeah. we're joking around, but actually, it's a great analogy yeah. or, or summarizes the, the the real lack of education or need for. And education. actually, probably because when that assessment was done for that person, and during that assessment, something like a flex desk was talked about, it would have probably been explained at the time as well. One of the things I'm going to get you is a flex desk, and it's going to be used for this, etc. Yeah, right. Yeah, it shows that it's. It, it's 
you, with this education, it has to be a continual thing as well. There has to be that, that continual yeah. leverage because otherwise people don't learn stuff straight off. Yeah. You, you can yeah. have that conversation with someone yeah, and you can tell them all of this stuff. They forget it. Of course. And, and something in there as well for me is that people don't take it seriously. They think they should be taking this seriously because yeah. this is their health, but they don't take it seriously. And that comes down to, and I, and I think part of the problem is that companies try and then put that emphasis back onto the company that's providing Correct. the service. Correct. But ultimately, it's something wrong in that company culture. The company are not making this serious enough in the first place. They are not yeah. telling their people this is important. You yeah. need to under, you need to get this in, yeah. Here. Yeah, you know, because because otherwise, why why shouldn't it happen? Well, absolutely, and so it, it does. It stems back to that that preventative talk. That to is it the pound note has the has the company for example said we'll we'll just have delivery only please because it's it's more cost effective than yeah. delivery and install. Mm. But look at how wrong you've got it to save x number of pounds and I, and I think another piece with that very quickly as well is i think that companies need to lead by example from the top yeah yeah and that doesn't happen often enough yeah. uh especially around the whole culture piece around well-being and looking after yourself absolutely i mean i've been faced as well where you know uh we've been picked up on uh, every chair you know, you know, when you recommend a chair, it has a lumbar support and we only want to buy what we want to buy. And sometimes, and don't get me wrong, there's lots of different avenues we could explore, but just kind of in a nutshell, you know, if there is a lumbar support in a chair, for example, um, as, as, a, as a sort of general go-to maybe, it just allows that, you know, when we're looking at the pound note side of things, to explore a greater a greater use for that chair across multiple people let's say if somebody left their avenue was well let's not let's not pay for that if we don't need that so they were going to buy the same chair but without an inclusive lumbar support and i was mm. trying to say well don't you know maybe don't inflate it for those who don't you've got another little you've got a secondary person it can fall to so you've got those barriers as well where well why why would i do that and so, it reminds me of um i once assessed the chair of a national bank and by that I mean the person that was a chair, not not a chair in a national. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but they had had several assessments before, and they said to me, "You will not get me to take breaks because yeah. I am too important." <laughs> yeah, right? There you go. I have to work this hard because I have to show everybody else below that I work this hard, right? And I said to them, well, clearly I'm here because you have a problem. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's a daft statement in the first place. I call a spade a spade. And I call a, you know, I call Correct. it. Yeah. Right? And I said, secondly, you like money, don't you? Right? You're, you're saying that your money, because we had a conversation, they said they're money motivated. That's that's really what motivated them, not well-being. Yeah. I said, however, your organisation is currently paying a huge amount of money to help everybody throughout this organisation in terms of their well-being, right? Yeah. So actually, you showing everybody else within the organisation that they don't have to care for their well-being yeah. is costing your organisation a huge amount of money. Never thought of it like that. Well, yeah. start thinking about it like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, Education. and that—that's the thing. We have to start from the top, and we have to start educating people. And I, my my big hope is, and we've talked about this a little bit before, is that there is a generation coming through mm. who are not so concerned with that as being the primary aim for why yeah. you go to work. And if we can get 
if we can get this generation who are the generation who want to see change happen they do care about the environment they do care about well-being if we can get that organization to to realize and some ceos to start realizing actually we need to get this education bit right and actually start disseminating this for our organizations because this is what we want to show the world yeah this is part of our you know this is part of what we want to show as our company culture so that we we win business on that basis yeah. then then maybe we've got a chance in here definitely maybe. yeah there you go absolutely covered a lot there we did uh if you if you're exhausted by anything that you've heard today if uh, if, if you feel like you, you now need to take a break um we have a telephone number that you can call yeah can um, you give us the number <laughs> well it was, it was just it was just your mo it was just your mobile <laughs> hang on do you want me to see ross's number is oh yeah. seven 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do call ross <laughs> and he'll um he'll talk to you about all of this stuff ross it's been pleasure having you on today Thanks, Pleasure, Ross. That, wasn't Ross, wasn't Ross one of our very first guests going back very first, before yeah. it was Wow Ergonomics and we just did some online uh, tomfoolery? Well, I'm sure Ross is one of the first people on. I was. And if you have a look at the picture Graham put on, you will see I had more of this. Yes. So, yeah, I was one of the first. Yes. Yeah. In fact, a lot of people looking at if, if you're catching this on LinkedIn, a lot of people looking at Ross's profile picture on LinkedIn are now thinking maybe it's upside down. No, I am going to be updating my LinkedIn because I, 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 I logged in and, the, and I thought, but how old how I'm, old is that photo? I'm actually, on the wrong account here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you're looking at about. Eight year ago now. Eight years old. Eight years ago. No, I no. wasn't eight years old. That was eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, so a lot's happened in eight years. It, it well, it has. Yeah, the world stopped for a couple of a couple of those. <laughs> Absolutely, but no, it's been an absolute pleasure, guys, uh, and hopefully we can do it again at some stage. Absolutely, yeah, Thanks, we, we, we love having you on. Thanks so much for coming on, um, folks. That's been it for another week. Uh, wow ergonomics we will be back next week i have a special guest uh, uh f who um is from the field of hr to come and talk to us all about hr and ergonomics uh there we go um and i think at some point Stephen, we may even manage to get someone else from back of elkhuizen on as well we may we may yeah. yes we we'll, we need to speak about that and sort that out between we us will we it? will we will organize that as well so yeah we're yeah. lined up for guests for the immediate future um if you're having a a, a weekend at glastonbury hope you enjoy it uh enjoy. remember you know um to, to stay safe and 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 don't slide around in the mud and take it take it easy going through those gates um ergonomics gets absolutely everywhere and, and happy birthday to peter nichols again and happy birthday, Peter. I hope you I'll, have a fun. I'll, I'll pass a message on, guys. I hope you have a fantastic uh, um, birthday and a fantastic week to the rest of you. Um, check out other episodes of this on the old Spotify and everything else. And, and you can find us at wowergonomics.com if you haven't already. Until next time, bye for now.